You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with a home team at Farm Bureau. And Charlie, every year around this time, uh, we've done it the past couple years, we have invited Stephen Augustinelli on from sixpackspeak.com to be the voice of the fan as we get ready for the Ole Miss game. And Was Crowder busy? Crowder was busy. Oh, okay. There, there were several people that were busy and uh, one that just didn't answer the call this morning. And so we got down to Stephen Augustinelli. Oh, man, he's a, he's a recurring guest. He is a recurring guest. How are you doing, Mr. Augustinelli? Man, I've been up since 5 a.m. awaiting this call, and uh, I'm ready to rock and discuss this Egg Bowl. Let's get going. So you, th- you really thought we were going to call you? I, I was, uh, I was hopeful. What's good? That's, that's the word I want to use. I like the thing though. Here's what I like right out of the box. He said, let's discuss this egg bowl because he is giving as much attention to yesterday's ball game <laughs> as I care to give it, except to say this, I want to discuss one thing because this was the hot topic around the late third quarter, early fourth quarter yesterday. And the topic was who's on the field at quarterback right now. And so here is my question. You know, the idea was that Lovertich was on the field because it was senior day. Right. Is there any idea, any belief that maybe he was on the field because he really is your backup? Well, and I'd like to hear Steven's thought on this. I, I really went with the senior situation because he was a senior. He had gone through senior exercises, and I want to give a guy who went through the senior day first chance at it. And some people would, might would say he, he won second place. And that's one of the things that you just don't know because if you go to a practice, all these guys are throwing just as many footballs as the other. And if you look at our depth chart, if somebody moved on it, you wouldn't know because it's the same thing it's been since like spring of 21. Yeah. So I don't know. Steven, what are you thinking? Well, my thoughts is that um, Robertson has played minimal snaps this year, but Lubbertich, as Lubbertich touched the field outside of this game, so I would think it would go to who what you said, Bart, is that the, he went with the senior to let him get some snaps. Unless something has changed midseason that we don't know about. But like I said, I think Robertson's had all the second-string snaps, which have been limited this year. But from what I remember, that he's the only one that has taken snaps besides Will Rogers. I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that. And, two, let me tell you, and it's, it's so funny, when you start going and looking at, uh, at these crazy message boards – like uh, sixpackspeak.com. I mean, my goodness, man. Now, uh, so people say, the, uh, the hey, Robertson came in. He was not very, you know, he was not very effective through an interception. Let me tell you, it's, uh, it's a lot different when you're playing mop-up late in the game because not just, you know, not because of your abilities, because you're probably pressing a little bit, but you got the second-string offensive line out there. you got you know, receivers that, that you're not used to throwing to. I mean, it's, it's not like – I mean, he's thrown 11 passes this season. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not yeah. like we've, we know anything. 
And it's not the same situation of if, if you got a quarterback hurt in the second quarter and all of a sudden you're coming off the bench to play because you do have you know, the cast along with you that, that can elevate your game a little bit. So I think that anyone you know casting aspersions about the abilities of Sawyer Robertson based upon what he did over two drives is a little bit overreactionary. Were you surprised that we did not sit Will a little bit earlier? Yes, I just I thought after the first half, there was like no reason for him to play. So I thought, you know, bring in Sawyer Robertson and let him know, hey, you got four, three or four series, and then we'll let Lovertich play. Let let the fans see him. But then you're maybe creating a quarterback controversy that's not needed, you know, because some people have questioned Will. And uh, not that that's warranted, but at the same time, if Sawyer comes in and throws 40-yard bombs that are right on the money, then then you're creating something that's maybe not needed. And I know some coaches may overthink that a little bit. I mean, I know of bowl games where you don't bring in the backup because you've got your your guy coming back the next year because you don't want to create a, a quarterback controversy. We've seen that. I've seen that. And so, and not saying that you don't want to see your guy succeed out there. You don't want to see you know. That, you, I mean, you want to see everybody succeed, but also creating something that's not there, and then that that you know within your team is not there, but the fan base may say something different. All right, that's enough of this. That's enough of yesterday, right? I mean, we avoided, albeit narrowly, a targeting call. That was a big thing. I saw Jalen Green leave, come back, worried a little bit there. But all in all, we're in pretty good shape. We didn't have a game where we had 200 yards more offense than our opponent, where we outrushed our opponent, where we had more yards per play than our opponent, where we led every statistical category – in the ball game, and got beat by more than two touchdowns, so that's good. Yeah, it was. And, hey, listen, this is not a knock, and I, I don't mean this in any negative yeah, way. Here we go. East Tennessee State was not good. They, no, they, I'm not sure they win 6A this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they want anything to do with Brandon right now. No, Brandon's pretty pretty salty right now compared to East Tennessee State. And, hey, we are brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House this morning. And, Charlie, if you read the side of my cup this morning, it says HB. You know what that means? It means house blend. House blend. Today is the first time I have ever done a Sunday coffee show without drinking blueberry cobbler flavored coffee. I'm drinking the house blend this morning. Got to the front, went through with it. I was like, hey, give me the house blend. Well, I thought you looked a little more masculine this morning. Well, I've, I've, I've kind of you feel. You lost the pink shirt, too. I don't know how to how to talk, man. I'm having difficulties this morning because I don't have that little tinge of blueberry at the very end of it. And of course, Strange Brew has three locations: two here in Startville, and then one in Tupelo. Strange Brew Coffee House, man. Uh, you go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. You just can't beat the, the customer service at Strange Brew, but also you can buy the coffee, get it shipped directly to you at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They have the the mugs, they have the shirts, all the trinkets. They got some of the mugs you can't repeat. I mean, they just kind of insinuate things. It's not like they say something dirty on them. But anyway, long uh, long story short, our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House bringing you Sunday coffee, and uh, it's a must in the Gregory household. All right, Stephen Augustinelli. Hey, uh, you guys have moved to on three, right? We have moved to on three. Uh, it's been a good move and more technical reason why we did it, but uh, I guess we've been there almost two months now. So, Any hiccups at all? Everything going pretty no. smooth. We started day one. There was really very, very little besides people trying to access their accounts. So uh, it's been a good move, and like I don't have to deal with as much technically as I did before when we were hosted it ourselves. Oh, so this is all about you. This is about lightening your load. That is correct. That's 
that, that that's uh, somebody said, oh, so you sold out? I said that is correct. I sold out. <laughs> and that's that's what happened. So uh, it's like I said, it's been good. All right, so now we look ahead to Thursday night. Hold on, stop. Okay, because I, I, we've got a basketball guy on the phone. I, I do want a brief basketball discussion here with Stephen Augustinelli. I think of like okay. the people I know who are plugged into basketball. He's he's near the top, and you're a basketball guy. Is that fair to say? I am shaped like a basketball. That is correct. <laughs> I'm shaped like a pear. So, <laughs> so I am very excited about where our men's basketball team is headed. I've seen effort that I haven't seen. I love the defensive concepts. We can't shoot. We got that going for us. But I want to know, what, what's your take on where we are with this basketball team right now? It's it's The main thing to me is the intensity that they play with and the way they're using Cam Matthews. I think just you, I like that the team feeds off what Cam Matthews brings to the floor. And it might be partly because of what, what Chris Jan stresses in practice. But at the same time, it's just they are fun to watch. And you like a coach, and I'm going to try not to, to, to say something negative about Mike Leach, but I like a coach that fights for their team. And that's something that Chris Jans does. And you just it makes you endear yourself to the team when you're watching. Like this guy is, is, is fighting tooth and nail for his team as his coach, and, it, and the team reflects that mentality. So that's the thing you like to see. And add to that, we're winning by large margins. We play Marquette coming up. We'll see how we do. They're playing somewhat of a name program, but – it is exciting to watch MSU basketball, and I think the fans will buy in when we start, uh, when SEC schedule starts, and they can see the intensity again. I just think I think there's a chance that the hump will have some electric games. I think this year, maybe middle January, late January, just and it's going to be fun to watch. There's nothing better than a loud Humphrey Coliseum. It is literally the loudest sporting venue I've ever been in my life when it's rocking. Yeah, it really is. And what does it lend itself more to with fans, Charlie? I mean, you mentioned defense, and that's when that's when the hump gets loud is when you're on that defensive side and you see guys that are getting after it on the defensive side. And it got loud the other night when we were doing that game. That you know, the, the defense when he went to the crowd to ask about, uh, do you want Isaac Stansberry in the game? Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. All right, so this is beautiful. So there's about four minutes to go, and a couple of guys in the student section start yelling about wanting Isaac. And about 30 seconds later, Jans walks down to the end of the bench and basically kind of gives the what do you want sign, you know, palms to the air. That gets the crowd going. And then he kind of puts his hand to his ear a little bit. It was the loudest the place was all night. (laughs) They bring him and Justin Rump in, and Rump proceeds to knock down back-to-back threes, you know, like hand in the face. We can't throw it in the ocean all night. He comes off the bench and drains one from the wing and then one up top with a guy on him. But I thought it showed, though, going back to what Stephen was saying, just a connection, you know, not just fighting for his team. But, you know, he did that day. Before the game, he went around to, like, five different fraternity and sorority houses, going to their dinners, asking them to come to the game, he and his wife both. And that's not the first time he's done that. I mean, he's not just fighting on the court. I mean, he is getting invested in the community. And, and look, I'm not trying to knock on other guys, but we have seen people come into this town, and if you want to be successful, you need to get plugged in, and he understands that. Well, and this is about to be an overreaction too, a complete overreaction. And what do, when you talk to Auburn people and you know the people that are close to the program down there and people that are fans, the thing that they always talk about with Bruce Pearl 
is the way that he interacts with people and the way that he has immersed himself into that community, into that entire fan base. Now, you know, Chris Jans has had a lot of success at New Mexico State, and and I'm not comp- – yeah, I am comparing him a little bit to Bruce Pearl because I think he's a guy that, one, understands about effort, understands how to co- – I think he's a good basketball coach. But I, thought, I also think he understands the things off the floor – that helps you be successful. And I think that's the – that, like you just said, Charlie, that has been the breath of fresh air to me is it's not just about basketball. It's also about welcoming the student body and the fan base back in, and it's easy to buy into a guy like that. And think about, you know, what, what made Rick Stansberry so endearing to the fan base. He was out in, in the community shaking hands with people, and he would – you know, I remember him saying one of his quotes was, Larry Templeton kind of set a, set a bar of what he expected of uh, the basketball program. And Stansberry said, why can't we win a national championship in Starville? And I think Stansberry truly believed that he could. And I think that's partly maybe what made Joe Moorhead somewhat endearing to the fan base outside of, you know, whatever happened with the program while he was here. The guy loved Starville and he sold it. And that's something that makes your fan base attract themselves to the coach. And that's something that Chris Jans is doing. I think from a, the way his team plays, it's just, it's fun to watch. And it's, it's been a while for MSU basketball, you know, I think Ben Hallam took us to a level that we were a little bit low, and he got us out of that out of that low point. But I think Chris Jans can get us to that next level where we're where we're consistently getting to the NCAA tournament, like the way Stansbury had us going. All right, talking about coaches, and talking about their connection to communities, we lived through a number of football seasons where it wasn't entirely clear whether our coach wanted to be here, and we saw that reflected in play at the end of the season. I don't care what anybody says, we just did. When Dan Mullen wasn't interested in being here, we weren't as good. When he was interested in being here, we played better. Last night, we saw Ole Miss. Now, again, I talked about this earlier a little bit. They outgained Arkansas. They had two guys rush for 200 yards, so they had a lot of things that, if you look at the stat sheet, you can say went their way. You could complain about officiating. But for a time last night, I almost had flashbacks to some of those end-of-the-season Dan's looking for a new job kind of years. Am I just seeing that, Stephen, or do you see that? 100%. I think I uh, jokingly tweeted at Dan Mullen yesterday asking for advice of what Kiffin was thinking as, as, <laughs> as he's looking for, looking for other jobs. He didn't respond. I thought he might, but uh, he didn't. Uh, it's, it's hard. I would imagine. I mean, I've never been through – obviously never played college football, but – you know, if, if your coach isn't 100% committed, which I would imagine you have to be every week as preparation goes on and all, everything you're hearing, it's just it's hard to concentrate. I think somebody makes a good point that you maybe have two or three games a year where you can get up and you'll play your best, and then after that you got to struggle through them. And last night was one of the games where Ole Miss struggled, and it was enjoyable to watch as we enter uh, this week. Let me ask you this, and this may be an overreach as well, and, and Charlie likes to tell me when I am overreaching. You know, in years past, we've gotten to the point where you kind of wonder the thought process of players when you get to a bowl game and how many guys are really mentally invested in playing in bowl games. And in now the years of the transfer portal, especially when you bring a bunch of transfers in and they've had success at other places and they're coming in as, as a one-year guy, as you get toward the end of the season and then all of a sudden you re- remove the chances of playing for championships and things of that nature – do you think you're about to start seeing guys, players check out 
earlier than they did in the past? And do you think that may have played a little bit of a role in that last night? That was an opportunity to me. Ole Miss still trying to get a 10-win season. I get the loss, the disappointment of Alabama. If you take out the Kiffin rumors, they still have a lot to play for. They have a chance to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, they have a chance to win 10 games, which would what, be the second time in their history where they won 10 games in the regular season because I think last year was the first. There's still a lot to play for. And, but I had this game circled as an Ole Miss loss at the beginning of the season, at the middle of the season, assuming K.J. Jefferson came back, and it played out pretty much like I expected. Ole Miss, to me, has somewhat been fool's gold this year because of the way their schedule started. And if A&M wasn't as bad as they – they almost lost to A&M. Again, they played Alabama one of the better games of the year outside the two losses that Alabama has. But, you know, just Ole Miss to me has not been that impressive. They got a, they had an easy front-loaded schedule, and what's playing out right now is what kind of I think a lot of people expected for the, for the end of their season. And I know this isn't a show about Auburn, but with all the talk, even on the broadcast last night, I saw on Twitter, Stephen, some questions to Cole Kubelik asking him maybe – they ought to talk about it. I thought he delivered in more with discussion about whether Lane Kiffin would be leaving. Well, there could be some very, very disappointed fans on the Plains if they go out and hire Billy Napier 2.0 here in about a week. And that's what, and to be honest with you, and Stephen, I'd like to get your thoughts on that too, but it would not surprise me at all if some of the smoke that's coming about Lane Kiffin going to Auburn is not just an ultimate troll job. Just trying to drive up the price. We're going to see how much Ole Miss will offer. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, you're really looking somewhere else. I just kind of wonder if Lane Kiffin is the guy. You don't mean to suggest that Jimmy Sexton would play people for money, do you? (laughs) Well, I mean, hey, especially when he's got multiple guys in the hat. You know, everybody, what, do you, what do you hear at Auburn right now? You've got, okay, Lane Kiffin. Well, if you don't get Lane Kiffin, we're getting Hugh Freeze. If you don't get Hugh Freeze, you're getting this guy. And all three are represented by Jimmy Sexton. Pretty good gig to be in. If you're, a, if you're an agent, that's a pretty good spot, isn't it? It is. It is. I think – but it, <clears throat> this is my thought, even regardless of what Ole Miss pays Kiffin, he's a good coach. So, if he stays, it's a good thing for Ole Miss. So, I'm rooting for him to go to Auburn because I know Auburn's another SEC – opponent of Mississippi State but State's success is tied closely as close as Ole Miss so if Ole Miss is successful it hurts State so whatever can get Ole Miss to go down I'm all for so Kiffin I hope you are listening and you head to the Plains I'll say this I I used to really question Lane Kiffin as a coach I don't think I've seen a coach mature as much that's not to suggest that he is a mature person but comparatively speaking He's come a long way as a football coach from the guy getting fired by Saban for not making the bus to the championship game. You know, he's he's come a long way since getting fired on the tarmac. Well, he has, but, you know, it's almost like Britney Spears. You know, he, he was almost <laughs> like – I mean, I hate to say it like this, but it's almost like he, he, he grew up before our eyes. I mean, he didn't have yeah. a chance to, to, to get into the coaching profession and fail – you know, early on as an assistant coach. I mean, this guy was a head coach of the Oakland Raiders, I mean, at a very, very young age. And then all of a sudden he's going to Tennessee, then to USC. I mean, he was just a young guy that didn't have a chance. Boy, I really am taking up for Lane Kiffin right now. It's almost like he didn't have a chance to mature. And I thought, you know, going to Alabama and then going to Florida Atlantic, he's had a chance to to mature over the past couple of years. I'd agree with you. I mean, he's, he's – like I said a few minutes ago, he's a good coach. And anything that can get uh, him out of Oxford 
I'm all for. And I just I, I hope it's not a troll game. I really I, I do think it would be beneficial for State if Tiffin left because uh, right. I don't I don't I think he's one of the better coaches right now in college football. All right, let's talk about this weekend. Mississippi State's already a seven-win team. They're going to a bowl game, and the way things are playing out, have a chance to go to a pretty good one. The fan base, though, I just don't get the sense that people are happy, even right now, sitting at seven and four, having a chance to go play for that eighth win. You know, three of our losses have come from really good teams. The other one, Kentucky, eh, of course, hey, what about Vanderbilt? Uh, oh, man. I don't want them on a neutral field right now. Back-to-back wins, <laughs> Kentucky, Florida. But, no, the point being, a lot of times we talk about this Egg Bowl being important. I think we say this too much, that this is the most important Egg Bowl in forever because they all seem important when you're on the edge of them. I don't think this game is important necessarily in the sense of just your average wins or losses. I feel, though, that it's very important for a fan base connection to this program. How, how do you guys see that? Hundred percent. This is to me for Mike Leach to to get the. I mean, there, there are some people that that aren't for Mike Leach in the Mississippi State fan base. They're just not necessarily hundred percent happy with him. He has to win the Egg Bowl, and this is the this this season. I mean, you go you start off zero and three in your career versus Ole Miss, and I am not in no way saying Mike Leach needs to be fired, but it's just not good. You you have to beat your rival. And this is an opportunity to beat them. And then they come off a game where they look horrible against Arkansas. And we play against a no-name team, but we looked pretty pretty crisp in our offense. Not that that's, you know, something to build upon because of the opponent. But at the same time, you have to win this game. There's no, there's no other way around it. And the fact we would be able to tie Ole Miss as far as wins and losses, be ahead of them. And you could say, hey, you know, that program isn't what it was two or three weeks ago even. because. They're 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 now eight and four. We're eight and four. We win our bowl game. We're, we're at nine wins, and there's 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 nothing that separates us from them necessarily. Especially if Kiffin leaves, then they're on a downward trend. I think people began talking about how important this Egg Bowl was last fr- the Friday after Thanksgiving of last year. I mean, you think about the the first two you know games that we've played under Mike Leach against Ole Miss two years ago. We went up there. Very underhanded. We didn't have a lot of players, and we hung in there. Will Rogers had a bunch of you know had a bunch of passing yards, and he left there sitting there saying, "You know what? If we'd have been seventy five percent, we'd probably walk out there and win the game." And then you look at last year. I think last year the way you lost that game, you dropped some touchdown passes. You didn't play well. It wasn't great weather, but you just didn't perform last year. And I think that's kind of what ratchets up. This game, because you said last year, man, you know, you can't lose three in a row. So now we're going to have to go up there. I mean, we're talking about 364 days ago, talking about how important this game was. And I'm not saying it's a must win for the program, and I'm not saying anything negative about Mike Leach. I'm just sitting there saying, hey, this is a chance to kind of recapture some of that magic because the momentum with a lot of people in the fan base has not been on your side in the past you know, year or two. And so I think what it does is, and going back to the record part, is it kind of softens things down a little bit because not only could you win, but then all of a sudden with all the pomp and circumstance that you've seen, you're just as good and even better. Our record is going to be the same. 
and then we're going to finish you know higher than them because you got the head to head. I just think this Thursday is a massive game. I remember listening to the Ole Miss post game show after '98. So we go up to Oxford, we win in '98, go to the SEC championship game. JJ Johnson and who was it who had was that Tim Eugene Nelson. Clinton no. Tim Nelson that Tim had Nelson. the interception. And I remember because on the post game show it was not only did we get beat, but now we're losing our coach too, to Auburn, incidentally. And they were just morose. Pine block pine box. And so I think you've got a chance to kind of relive that moment a little bit if things go right on Thursday. I'd be all for it. You know, if we could relive like it was 98, then we would be winning the SEC West too. So uh, <laughs> I would be 100% for that. But, yeah, I'm 100% in agreement on that because if, if – if, just win the Egg Bowl. That's all it boils down to. It just makes the next year just so much more bearable, for lack of a better word, with Ole Miss being the Bears. So. All right, so let's let's talk about how you win the Egg Bowl then. From my standpoint, all the talk the past few weeks has been about Mississippi State's offense not playing very well. And it hasn't. It, it has not played well. Yesterday just doesn't count. I still believe, though, that if we are going to win the Egg Bowl, it's going to be, I don't want to say more, but I'm going to say it, it's going to be more on Zach Arnett and this defense to figure out a way to slow Ole Miss down maybe than it's going to be on our offense. Am I crazy? No. I think, you know, the thing that has hurt State is somewhat of a mobile quarterback or a mobile quarterback in general. Uh, Stetson Bennett, you know, he, he, he ran on us. The Arizona cute quarterback had multiple chances to run against us, but he didn't. LSU killed us with Jaden Daniels. So if Jackson's darts mobility plus, I think also I think State's defense up the middle against the runs okay. It's just when they get to the edge, that's where State struggles sometimes. And that's the reason I think a mobile QB sometimes hurts us. So Judkins can get outside or Jackson darts mobility hurts us. It might be a long day in Oxford, but let's hope Arnett schemes and games plan game game plans for uh stopping what Ole Miss can do. Yeah, their defense last night, I mean, they gave up a bunch of rushing yards, but I think you kind of have to throw – like we kind of throw out yesterday for us, I also think you have to throw out Ole Miss's defense last night because they're going to see a completely different style of offense on Thursday night. You kind of wonder about the health of, say, a Dylan Johnson who didn't play in the game yesterday. You kind of wonder about the health of a Woody Marks. And if you can get those guys – you know, if, if you can if you can pop a couple just to keep them honest a little bit, that would help you exponentially. I, I still think it's it's Ole Miss is going to get theirs. They're going to get some points. They're going to score points. Now you got to keep them in the 30s. You can't let them pump out to 45 or 48. But at the end of the day, too, we're going to have to score some touchdowns. The good thing is, is we have been a very good red zone offense. And when you start looking at how we've been in the red zone, it's been fantastic. Ole Miss has kind of been the opposite. They've been really good between the 20s, and they've struggled once they get inside the red zone. Now they pop a lot of big plays, and that's kind of what worries you about them on Thursday night is they have the ability to hit that home run type of play. And uh, so that's kind of what worries you there. Um, we, we talked about the, on Friday when we got into our Friday tracks plus deep dig about East Tennessee State. We're not talking about that game, by the way. But we gave, gave a bunch of numbers, and it was brought to you by Trax Plus. Trax Plus with five locations now. You've got the Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators. If you want to rent equipment, call the store down in, uh, down in Hickory. But in Hickory, Startwell, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now over in Bessemer, Alabama, our good friends at Trax Plus. And also, as we said, we're in the Farm Bureau studios this morning. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. 
Stephen Agustinelli, you're a Farm Bureau guy, right? I'm 100% a Farm Bureau guy. As you should be. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Are we overstating it too much? Is it a must win? Well, I, I guess must for what? To win the fan base? Yes. To have energy headed into the off season, Yes. I think it's – I don't know if I'd say must win because I don't – I don't, look, Mike Leach is going to be your football coach next year unless he decides he doesn't want to be in one man's estimation. So my view of this whole thing is it's at least highly important. Steven, is it must win? Yes. No other way around it. I think you could, can build some momentum if you somehow win, if you win the bowl game. Just We can't do what we did last year, which was lose the Egg Bowl and lose the bowl game. But I think Charlie's point of getting the fan base rallied around you and saying, hey – Mike Leach is a guy that can win a rivalry game. He struggled at Washington State. I think he won one of the Apple Cups out of, what, eight years, I think. He was one in seven maybe in those. So his history is that he has struggled in rivalry games. And I hope that does not continue come next Thursday night. Hey, here's the thing, too, is when you start talking about, and if you're looking for a positive, if you are looking for a positive, about Mike Leach and his mindset, and probably Lane Kiffin to that much, too, is it seems like these guys have not taken the barbs. They have not taken the shots at the other fan base. They're not as volatile. And, and sometimes when you have emotion, so when you have too much emotion, it can go the other way, especially if something big happens early in the game. I always thought, and we've talked about this, Charlie, when you're, when you're overly emotional, you start making mistakes. It can help you come out of the gate and play well, but you kind of wonder if the coach's mindset in this one – isn't a bad thing, especially if you go up there and something bad happens early. See, when you say it, it isn't a bad thing, you mean it is a good thing. It is. A, it's I'm, a good thing that the coaches are a little more subdued about the rivalry. Is that the what what you're saying? What I'm saying is yes, that okay. because under you know we I was just getting lost in the double negatives. I just want to be sure I understood you correctly. So now now you're you're looking at my English here. We we always knew that. I tell you about I saw my English teacher not long ago. Did she just, like, shake her head? And she said she had listened to one of our podcasts, and she was like, I don't think I, I taught you. I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. So, in any event, I think the issue was, will it help us if we are less emotional? I think it can. I'll be honest with you. Over the years, I have watched this game, and I've gotten frustrated with seeing people on either team. A guy gets a six-yard run, and you make a tackle, and then you jump up and start getting in the other guy's face. To some degree, you just got to play football. When you make a play, get back in the huddle, that kind of mentality. That's kind of the thing for me. I I would like to see us go up and just play smart because this offense, whether one likes this offense or not, it is not an offense that's based on this idea of, hey, let's get tough and run over these people. It's about execution, and I don't know that being overly emotional helps you with that. I mean, do you want Will Rogers coming out pumped up? I mean, next thing you know, we're you know throwing balls out of bounds and everything else. I just, I just want to see us play smart. You know who else plays smart? That's our good friends at Cannon Ford. It's not flash; they just get it done. Cannon Ford here in Startwell. If you want a new or used car, right here before the holidays. If you need a, a spray and bed liner. If you need something at the service center, new brake pads, change your oil, whatever. Our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starville. Also, if you get a dent, need the body shop, looking for somewhere in town to fix something, fix a fender, they're great with that as well. But their customer service is unmatched. Walk in the door, say, hey, I want to talk to Chris Keen. 
Chris Keen, K-E-E-N-E, not King, Keen. And Chris Keen will help you in any way he can. He is as good as a guy as there is in the car world. And it just permeates through that entire dealership. Cannon Ford of Startville. Hey, Mr. Gustinelli. Yes, sir. I hope we did not ruin your morning. Thank you, you did. for spending your time with us. I appreciate it. And uh, it was good to be back on. I will say that. And having the opportunity to come back on in this annual uh, this annual show for us. And I appreciate y'all reaching out and, and, and bringing me here because uh, you know, things change. And uh, I thank y'all for bringing me back. Appreciate you, man. No hey. problem. All right, Charlie, I guess we'll be back for our deep dig on Wednesday this week, and then we'll have Friday coffee, or we'll we, we wait. To, we, last year we did Friday coffee. We yeah, did. it's Friday, I think. Yeah, we'll do Friday coffee. And then, um, anyway, hopefully we're talking about some good things. It's not a – are you an anxiety guy when it comes to this game? Not you, anymore. I think this is one of the things we probably haven't dug into a lot in the past. When I lived in Jackson – in Jackson area, when I lived in Dallas, this game was a much tougher thing to me. There had way more anxiety surrounding that game because I knew that I had to get up the next day and I had to go to work with people who were Ole Miss people. And there was going to be something smart said and I was going to have to relive the game the whole day. Now that I live in Starkville, to some degree you're in the bubble. I, I don't like losing, don't get me wrong. But if I walk in my office today and somebody gives me a hard time about it, well, they just don't work here anymore. Okay, <laughs> so I can fix that problem. I couldn't when I was 27 years old. And so I don't, because of that, I don't get as hung up in it. The other thing that I have found is that the closer I am around and the more I'm around the program, perhaps the less I live and die with each individual loss. Does, it, does that make sense? It makes complete sense. Yeah, Jim, I still want to win. Don't I, get me wrong. Yes, but. I want to win. And But, you know, it was one of the things, two of the things that Jim Ellis said to me when I first started working here 22 years ago that stand out in my mind. One is, is you, you're going to work with great coaches and you're going to see great coaches. But the thing you also have to remember is Mississippi State is the most important thing. You never take the side of a coach over Mississippi State. You don't fall in love with a coach more than you love Mississippi State. That's How many times have we seen that? And we've seen that several times. I thought that was a great thing. The second thing is if you win and die by every game, you will drive yourself crazy, and you need to look for another profession. Now, listen, I want to win everything. I do. And, I, and I'm and i not as in high anxiety as I used to be with this game. But if you do – if you do live and die, that's one of the great things about college sports, man, is the emotional attachments you have and how, you know, how diehard people can be and how emotionally charged it can make you. That's also a detriment, too, is sometimes how how high anxiety you get. Sometimes that can be, <laughs> be the detriment, too. So. Well, I think the other thing, though, that is probably – I hang up. I think of Arkansas. I think of LSU. I think of – Texas A&M, at least once they weren't playing Texas and were in different leagues, this will change for them. Even Tennessee, you don't have that other school in your state against which you are forced to measure yourself constantly. Yeah. You think back when we were younger, the Florida – excuse me, the Florida State-Miami game. Like between those two schools, one of those was going to win. One of them was probably going to be in the championship game. And – that mattered. In fact, they even moved that game to the first of the year right? just so that it didn't dominate everything. 
this ball game being a rivalry game, Alabama-Auburn deal the same thing, but sitting at the end of the season, I think probably gains an unfair level of importance. I think we probably spend too much time measuring ourselves against each other when there's a whole rest of the league out here to be playing against. Sometimes I think we're a bit myopic that way. Well, we ought to be thinking bigger than just being better than Ole Miss. Now, that being said, if we win, and I'll be here on Friday, that's the protectionism that I have right now. So if we're coming <laughs> in here on Friday, we're going to be, be spiking the football like uh, a madman. We win that thing. With, with two hands. Otherwise, I'm going to be talking about perspective and yeah. <laughs> take a broader view. Uh, no, but do you see that, though, in, in all our sports right now? Yeah. But, and you kind of wonder what – let me ask you that. We, we asked this question the other day in the office. Because you mentioned LSU, you mentioned Tennessee, and you, you mentioned you know, these schools that have just Arkansas, you know, when, when they don't have really anybody in their state that they're quote-unquote competing against. How different is the SEC and how different is LSU at Tulane not gotten out of the league? You got an SEC school in New Orleans. How different is Louisiana? How different is, how different is Louisiana recruiting and how LSU treats themselves if Tulane hadn't by themselves, decided to get out of this league. I mean, so that's just one of the things you also think about. If Sawani had just stayed in. Yeah, if Sawani had stayed <laughs> in. The folks in Knoxville will be having trouble. Exactly. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Sunday Coffee. Thanks once again to our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com for all their coffee, their mugs, and trinkets and things of that nature, especially here in the holiday season. Also, our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Cannon Ford of Startwell. Cannon Ford, the service is outstanding. The service center, the body shop, or if you're in the market for a new or used car. Our friends at Trax Plus. TraxPlus.com. If you want to get a piece of equipment for the farm, whatever you want to do, check out our friends at Trax Plus if you're in the market for new or used equipment. And then our friends at Bank First. Go to BankFirstFS.com for all your lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Once again, appreciate our good friend Stephen Augustinelli with SixPackSpeak.com being the voice of the fan this morning coming in for his annual show. You've been listening to Sunday Coffee. <laughs>